Good morning, everybody. Welcome in to Daily Draft Report. Happy Monday. Hopefully you had a great weekend. Today's prospect, I'm, I'm so excited to finally, I didn't even do my spiel. I'm just excited to get into the pro- prospect. Screw my spiel. I don't need a spiel. The only spiel I need is this, the number one player in the entire draft, in my opinion. Will Anderson, edge from Alabama, junior, six foot three and a half, 253 pounds. And my guest, I'm happy to finally bring on Jason Snyder this year, senior writer over at Dynasty Nerds with me. So Jason, how you doing, bud? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Dwight. Yeah, I mean, you wrote up, Will. It's been a little while, hasn't it? Been out for about a week or two, yeah. Oh, okay. I, my time blends together. It feels like it was months, but no, yeah. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, real quick, we're going to get into the profile. An amazing profile. I mean, the the background on this kid's amazing. Five-star in the class of 2020, uh, number 17th ranked prospect overall from Hampton, Georgia. Played his football at Dutchtown High School. He was an SEC all-freshman, uh, starting 13 games with 52 tackles, 10 and a half for a loss, seven sacks, then as a sophomore had a season that, I mean, just absolutely historic. 102 tackles, 34 and a half for a loss. I mean, that still just doesn't sound right. Uh, 17 and a half sack. Uh, he won the Bronco Nagurski Award for top defender. He was an All-American, SEC Defensive Player of the Year, first team All-SEC, and criminally fifth in the, in the Heisman. As a junior, kind of took a little bit of step back statistically, 51 tackles, 17 for a loss, 10 sacks. I mean, that's still a, a step back. Come on. That's still amazing. Still won the Bronke Nagurski Award for top defender. And once again, All-American. And once again, All-SEC Defensive Player of the Year. Also added this year, the Chuck Bednarek Award for the Best Defensive Player, the Lombardi Award, <laughs> awarded to the player who best embodies the values, use, and spirits of Vince Lombardi and the Lot Impact Trophy for the Defensive Impact Player. And I feel like that's a podcast in itself, just me reading all that off. Um, <laughs> so, wow. Jason, what do you see? What skills do you think is going to make him successful in the NFL? Well, I mean, I guess as you can tell from the uh, rundown that you just <laughs> you just made there, I mean, Will Anderson's not your hidden gem. He's not your diamond in the rough. You know, I discovered this type of guy. He, he's a blue chipper all the way. He's, you know, he's, he's as elite as they come. Um, he's got the pedigree of having played at Alabama, you know, and whatever your allegiances are as a college football fan, you know, Nick Saban gets his guys ready for the pros. So he's got that going for him. Plus he's got, you know, all these traits. You said it yourself. He's likely to be a top five pick in the draft. Um, I know it's probably sacrilegious or blasphemy to say on a campus to Canton platform, but I'm not a big college football guy. So when I first discovered Will Anderson was last year doing film on uh, Quay Walker from Georgia, and I was watching the Georgia Alabama game to get some background on Walker and I'm watching this film and I'm I'm seeing this Will Anderson guy. And I'm like, this guy's involved in every play. Like he's just ridiculous. And so when, you know, this year rolled around and it was time to, get into this class i knew that was one of the guys i really wanted to dig into because i remember seeing him last year and how explosive and how impactful he was on the game the attributes as far as like specifics on what really pops about him i mentioned it in the in the write-up that i did for dynasty nerds but the first thing that really stuck out to me was he has exemplary interior penetration he can dip inside on a on a tackle a lot of times you see alabama will run him inside on a stunt to just because I'm sure they recognize that he's excessively skillful at, you know, getting into the backfield and wreaking havoc through interior, like B gap penetration. Um, what's really good about that is he has like a long and lean physique as an edge rusher. 
typically the pass rushers with that kind of a body type, they're hyper-focused on an outside advance or a speed rush advance. He can go through the interior and will occasionally mix in like that jump cut to get to the inside shoulder. And that really is exquisite at keeping the tackle off balance. A lot of times the tackles, what they'll do, I'm sure you know, Dwight, is they'll use that big jump step right off the snap and they try to anchor and get kind of at a 45 degree angle so they can block that guy from getting an outside advance. And so what Anderson is great at doing is he'll recognize when the tackle is going to do that and he jumps inside and then he's got the tackle off balance. And as soon as he can kind of burrow under his shoulder, he's, he's home free. I mean, he gets right to the quarterback uh, uh, quickly. And so if he tries to play that inside gap to tackle, Anderson has the burst and the jump to kind of get around him on the outside. So he, they, they can never really get very comfortable. And, you know, that if, if he faces kind of a, a smaller agile tackle, he can use his power. And if he faces a more, you know, a larger tackle, he uses the fact that he is more agile than that guy to get around him. So he really has kind of a skill set to evade any type of blocking scheme. And that kind of dovetails into the next thing I was going to talk about, which is he has that power speed combo. I mean, it's become kind of cliche, I guess, in defensive circles for analysts to talk about like the conversion of speed to power and how important that is. But I mean, I think it's cliche for a reason that, you know, that attributes kind of a hallmark for almost every successful pass rusher in, in the game today. And, and he's definitely got that it factor as far as that goes. I mean, he bursts off the line. He can flat out run circles around less athletic linemen. And he can also dig into an undersized tackle, like I said, and he can bully that protection with with heavy hands. He hits them right in the chest, and he knocks them back on their heels. Um, and he's got a relentless motor too. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't stop. You know, he's he's all game long. You, you can see it on the film. He stands out. You know, some guys you know take a breather or a kind of a an off rep. He doesn't he doesn't have off reps. I mean, he's he's going 100 miles an hour from from whistle to whistle. So obviously that's something that scouts in, in a pro community are going to look for. Um, but I love to see that speed and that power because it makes it, like I said, it's, he's exceptionally difficult for them to plan around. I'm sure when the offensive line are having their meetings in the week prior, it's got to be a challenge for them to figure out how, how are we going to attack this guy? Because he's got so many different ways to beat you that it's really hard to come up with a scheme or a protection plan that's going to be comprehensive. So I, I kind of sympathize. I watch this film and I'm I'm sympathizing with the poor offensive linemen that are trying to like get in this guy's way and at least keep their quarterback upright because he's got so many ways to to really come at you and bring the heat. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. And I mean, I feel like Alabama was really intelligent. They would line him up on the edge, three tech, four tech, you know, anywhere mm-hmm. where they could exploit any sort of weakness. And he would often affect I mean, he made those disruptive plays in the run game also. I mean, oh, he yeah. just he surprised you the speed to power thing. You usually hear that in guys that are six, seven, two seventy. Mm-hmm. Right. you know, not, not guys that are 250. <laughs> He's got a shitload of power for being 250 oh, yeah. pounds. Yeah. Uh, he he absolutely does. socky in the chest. And I love yep. him. Yep. And he's one of the few guys in this class that has that bend too. I mean, he can, he can absolutely bend an edge if he needs to pretty good array of moves, uh, twists, stunts. You know, he, he's got, a little bit of room to grow with moves, but I mean, he's got just everything you could ask for. So, mm-hmm. and on top of that, the speed and the athleticism where he, if he develops a little bit, he can drop back in coverage probably too. So, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's not much to nitpick. So what do, what do you see as far as things that he can work on? 
I mean, you you brought up his bend. One one thing that I did notice is, and it's not unusual. I mean, he's going at about six four, so he's a he's a taller rusher. I mean, he's not six seven like you pointed out, but right. he's still taller, and he does have some tendency on film to kind of stay stiff and keep you know uh, he stays very upright when he's when he's coming in. Now that's because he relies heavily. That looks kind of like my next point is he relies really heavily on his bull rush. His bull rushes is his his whoopee. That's where that's where he succeeds and what he where he likes to kind of hang his hat on. That's great, and he's had you know there's no doubting his success that he's had in college. But I think he's pushing around you know some guy from Wake Forest in college, and he's not going to be able to do that in the NFL, especially if he becomes one dimensional and the guys can plan on that's the way he's going to attack them. So I would really like to see him kind of develop some more pass rush moves. In particular, I think you know if he can get a coach that really can educate him on a, on a good swim move and develop a swim move. Because I mentioned earlier, interior penetration is one of his best skills. So if he can kind of swim and get over top of that tackle or get that tackle kind of off balance and get to that B gap, that's only going to help him accentuate one of his natural abilities, which is to kind of get, get lean in that hole and penetrate into a backfield. So I would really like him to see, to see him develop kind of a more versatility in his pass rush moves and not be so heavily dependent on his bull rush, but that's why he's got, why I see stiff hips because he bull rushes a lot and you don't really utilize flexibility or bend when you're bull rushing. You know, you, you, when you're bull rushing, you stay stiff because you're trying to push that guy off his spot. And, uh, you know, like I said, he's, he's been effective at it, but as I said, in the pros, I just worry that if he, if the book on him becomes, Oh, this guy's just going to come at your chest every play. And so as long as you can anchor, you can, you, you can kind of keep him at bay. So, but what's funny about him is I say he bull rushes, but you mentioned earlier his run defense. The, the film shows a lot of times where he'll lock out. What I mean by lock out is he'll keep his one arm. He holds a tackle at bay with one arm and he can kind of like he's rangy enough that if that running back tries to get around the edge, he can push that guy off with he's got enough power to extend off of that blocker with one arm and still lock the lock the running back up. And that's that's pretty impressive. I mean, especially for a guy his size. I mean, he's two fifty. He's not three hundred. He's going up against some tackles that are big boys, and uh, he's he's able to hold them at bay. So I'm not trying to uh, <laughs> diminish his abilities by saying that he's too heavily dependent on the bull rush. But I think any defensive line coach worth, worth his salt is going to tell him you got you got to have a little bit more versatility, or at least make them think that you do. I mean, if you want a bull rush eighty percent of the time, at least get in their head a little bit and have that that fifth time be something different so that they're, they're not sure what's coming at them. Yeah, exactly. You'd like to see like a, maybe a hesitation move, you know, a little uh, counters. He doesn't have many counters. He doesn't, he hasn't needed them. I mean, exactly. I mean, it's one of those things where the guy's successful. And so he hasn't needed to develop it any further than that because he's, he's crushing it based on what he's doing. Yeah, I'd be, cu- I'd be curious. Ironically, I think most of what I saw was last year, and I didn't watch him as much this year. I don't. Maybe teams started to figure him out, but I think I also read that he was being used differently this last year more. Right. That's why his tackle numbers were like in half, you know. But he right. still was such an impact player. So, yeah, it speaks volumes guys. too about <laughs> about a, a, an edge rusher when they go down to double digit ten sacks, and it's like, oh, he had a, had a down year. Like, right, and, right. and it, if, if most of these guys in the draft class, if they had 10 sacks, they'd be celebrating this poor guy. That's like 50% of his previous year. So that just tells right. you what his potential is. Now I know they used him all over in Alabama, but do you think he's strictly a three, four outside linebacker 
Actually, no. I mean, I know one of the things that you want to discuss, which is where he would best be suited in the NFL. Mm -hmm. I would actually like to see him line up as a 4-3 defensive end more than an outside linebacker. I think if he was a dedicated pass rusher, he could really utilize what makes him special. I mean, he has the capability. He showed it in some of the film at Alabama where he dropped into coverage occasionally. Mm -hmm. I mean, they didn't use him predominantly in that role, but he can do it. Yeah. Uh, I just think that's kind of a waste of his of his talent. You know, the guy of that oh, caliber, yeah. you know, you want him running down the quarterback as many uh, as many times as you can. So I know as far as his, his landing spot, a lot of the mocks I've seen have him going to the Cardinals at three. Yeah, almost all of them, yeah. <clears throat> because a lot of the, you know, the top two are quarterback needy teams. And I would really, you know, I was thinking a lot about that because I'm an Eagles fan. So I'm very familiar with Jonathan Gannon, who was their defensive coordinator and now takes over as the head coach of the Cardinals. Mm -hmm. I really would love to see Anderson actually land in Arizona because I think he would kind of play that Hassan Reddick role in Gannon's defense, assuming that you know they're going to carry his defensive scheme to, to the Cardinals. Um, and Hassan Reddick played a lot of that upright. He's a dedicated pass rusher, but he didn't get down – in a three-point stance, you know, he was constantly kind of available to rush. They ran a lot of that 5-2 scheme where they had a lot mm -hmm. of beef up front and they just kind of had like two linebackers linger. And uh, when they went nickel, then they, they'd had even, you know, just one linebacker in. But Reddick was constantly upright and able to just kind of use his abilities as a pass rusher to co constantly harass that quarterback. And, I, you know, I think Will Anderson could, that could really thrive in a role like that because that's basically what he's meant to do you know he he can get in a three-point stance he can cover as i said but if he's standing up and able to attack constantly as that game progresses even if he's not successful early in the game he's going to wear he's going to wear that protection down because he's not getting as tired as those poor linemen are that are trying to block him when he's just you know just hanging out and standing at the line and, and waiting for the snap so he can bring that bring the heat on that protection scheme play after play so right i would love to see him land in, in the desert with, with the cardinals and kind of be in that role yeah i think that's pretty likely unless a trade you know i mean yeah that's always really possible I mean, what about for idp what do you think his outlook well, is there i know it's you know, kind of idp is always tricky because of the variation in scoring system, as you, as you know. Position designations, too, is going to be tricky with uh -huh. them. Uh, absolutely. Now, I know MFL has, you know, this year, they've done a, a they've what kind of wiped everything, wiped the slate yeah. clean and said, if you're if you're on the edge, whether you're an outside linebacker or a defensive end, we're calling you a defensive end going forward. So that was yeah. that was controversial in the past. I, I would think he would be a defensive end in their, in their yeah. program. And usually Sleeper kind of has that double dual designation. So I think he's probably safe to play either either role there. He's obviously more valuable as a defensive end, regardless of you know what platform you're playing on. Now, when I say it's tricky, it's also because of what kind of scoring system you're playing on. If you're in one that rewards those splash plays, yeah. you know, the tackles for loss and the sacks, he's gonna he's gonna pile those up. He may not be a tackle monster and and give you, you know eight to 10 tackles a game, but the tackles he makes are going to be game changing tackles, you know, sacks and, and disruption and, you know, forced fumbles and things of that nature. So I think, you know, to me, he's the number one IDP in the class. I think you mentioned it earlier. I don't see any argument against that. I know a lot of people tend to favor the linebackers in the IDP yeah. community, but to me, there's not a linebacker that's special enough that would usurp Will Anderson's skill set in this class. 
Right, because he, he, I mean, you said he won't get seven to ten, ta- you know, the eight tackles, but he theoretically could. He could. It just depends. Yeah, I guess it just depends on what the defense is going to ask for him. And mm-hmm. I mean, he had a hundred and two as a as a sophomore. That's so true. That, that's crazy. So, I, I think there's a there's a very strong point. I, I kind of go back and forth between him and I like Jack Campbell a lot as mm-hmm. you know as as a guy who I think is going to have an impact as far as fantasy. But I can definitely see. You know, especially in big play scoring, you want a guy like Will yeah, Anderson for sure. For sure. Do you have Do you have a player comp for him? For yeah, I th- I think I mean you're familiar with the article that I wrote up, but in the in that article, I comped him to uh, Carolina's Brian Burns, and I see a lot of him on that in the film. Um, when you watch the film, you know, I'll just go down the measurables. I mean, Will Anderson measured in at the combine at six three and a half, Burns was six five, so they're about an inch and a half difference. Anderson's 253, Burns is 249, so they're within five pounds of each other. They have the exact same arm length at 33 and 7 eighths. Will Anderson was an eighth of an inch smaller in his hands, 9 and 7 eighths versus 10 inch hands for Burns. But I mean, they're very comparable in terms of their characteristics. And then when you look at their their speed, I mean, they Anderson ran a 4.640 at the combine. Right. Burns ran a 4.53. So to me, when you're within 0.1 of each other, you're, you're the same. I know Anderson took some heat about that 4.6 and people were criticizing, you know, whether he was ath- as athletic as he was billed to be, but he ran a 1.61 10 yard split out of that 40. And that's, I mean, but Burns is a 1.57. So negligible difference there. And I think we've all seen that the kind of impact that Brian Burns has had on the Panthers since he's been drafted. They, they both measure very similarly, as I said, but they're, they play very similarly, too. I mean, Anderson has a tremendous burst, just like Burns does. He can create advantages through his agility. He's a constant threat to get after the quarterback, which is exactly like Anderson is. And he can kind of get narrow, too. He has that kind of long, lean frame, and he can get inside on a guy. He can get outside with a speed. And so, to me, I find them to be very comparable players. And I think Anderson could probably have a very similar impact on whatever team he goes to because Burns is basically the anchor now of, of Carolina's defense. And I think Anderson's most likely going to develop into that same type of player for, like I said, whatever franchise is fortunate enough to land them in the draft. I like, I like Von Miller too, as a comp. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very, very, very similar to size and everything too. So yeah, uh, Miller, Miller was a little bit quicker in, in the combine as well, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, li- I like him a lot as a, as you know, either way. I mean, you can't go, you can't go wrong with either of those guys. That's no, for sure. no. <laughs> You're in rare fight air when you're getting comp to those guys. So yeah, it tells you exactly. a lot about the player. Well, thank you very much, Jason. Thank you so much for popping on, man. I'm well, it was glad, a pleasure. Glad to finally eat you on. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter and what you're working on. Sure. On Twitter, I'm, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm at Spides78. Um, I, I am, as you said earlier, senior writer at Dynasty Nerds. You can find all my content you know, coming out there. Uh, we still have a lot of uh, rookie profiles and things of that nature in the pipeline and, and plans, uh, you know, all the way up to draft night. So stay tuned over there for all of the content that we've got coming out. And uh, we're looking forward to dra- to the draft as much as, as you are. So thanks for tuning in with us tonight. Thank you guys very much for listening. You find me on Twitter, FF People's Champ, this podcast, Daily Draft RPRT. All my written work is at Dynasty Nerds profiles and things, but I do some back behind the scenes things at Nerds and Campus to Canton. So make sure you check out all the stuff from both of those amazing sites. I can't say enough about the team of writers and the team of people I have that work with me at both sites. It's something I don't 
slow down very often and, and say, but thanks. I mean, both sites are freaking amazing. And I've met a lot of really cool people over the years through both sites. So I don't know why I did that now. I should wait till the end of the show. That sounds like an, a kind of like an end of the thing, doesn't it? Like I'm like, I'm ending it. Like it's it. I'm done. No. <laughs> but no, no, we still got a month left, baby. We still got a lot more, a lot more juice coming. Uh, thank you guys very much for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.